Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy, Ryback, joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., WrestlingInc.com. Raj, how's the week going? Uh, it's going, uh, It's it's been busy as hell. <laughs> How about for you? Very good. It's, there's always uh, there's always stuff to talk about, I feel like. There's never going to be a week where I feel like we're not going to have something to talk about. No. It hasn't no, been the case yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when this pandemic started, I was like wondering if we're going to take a hiatus for a while because I thought all the shows would be paused and and uh, wrestling would be on hold, but that hasn't happened. No, it's, no. It's, it's picked up, if anything. <laughs> it's made this stuff more relevant because some of the stuff in the ring isn't at the time. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> one of the bigger storyline uh, related items has been Roman Reigns. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he came back. He's already won the Universal Championship. And he's with Paul Heyman. Now, apparently, uh, it was Roman's idea. He had apparently wanted to turn heel when he returned. And then uh, it's not known who came up with the idea of pairing him with Heyman. But Roman had actually wanted to be a heel. It's interesting that for years and years and years, People have been wanting Roman to turn heel and he's been being booed. And now that WWE can control crowd reactions, now he's a heel. Seems kind of seems kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, no, the timing of everything. I saw it. I actually think that is, um, I think it's a great thing. And uh, Roman is, is smart. He, uh, this is a way to freshen everything up. And he's actually going to become a, of a probably a bigger star if they do this right. Uh, I always remember Cena and telling me sitting down um, back when this was, I don't know, it was during the period when it was red hot and, uh, and he just looked at me and he goes, I'll never be heel. He goes, I'll never, he goes, I'll be babyface my entire career. And uh, I never, um, he wouldn't really elaborate on it too much. And I don't know if he, it was, they wouldn't let him, which very well could have been Vince and them just had the, him in that pegged forever and that. Um, but but he was pretty adamant. He was like, I'm never turning heel. And I don't remember what triggered. It was just something. And it wasn't like anything. It was just kind of, it was like a, a breakfast thing in the morning. And it was, there was something, but it came up. And uh, Roman, though, is, uh, I think I think it's a good move for him. Uh, the Paul stuff, you know, it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Paul's notorious. You got to, I think Roman will be all right, but Paul's notorious for taking care of Paul. And if Brock, like he did this before when Brock left for a bit and that's when he, he latched himself onto Axel and then he needed to, he needed to buy himself more TV time because he wasn't with punk. And so he meant when he got me figured in with him and took me out of the bully role and it was never meant to be long-term. It was just to kind of keep him on TV to keep until things would feel, uh, sort themselves out for him later on. Also, he, uh, I don't know everything with Brock, like being gone. I, I just think Paul's going to, I think he's going to do his best with Roman because of the position Roman was always in with WWE. But again, there is no crowd. So it's interesting to see how this 
is going to play out. But I thought they did it as well as they could have in a backstage segment to kind of reveal it because there's no crowd to react in the ring. So whereas it would ideally, though, I think it would have been great if he did some sort of heel turn in the ring and that Paul was out there. But this was the next best thing for the for the current climate. So it, it makes things more interesting. Yeah. Instantly. And so absolutely I commend them yeah. for doing it. Yeah. Um, do you think them not turning him heel before? Um, do you think that was both of their decisions, like Roman and WWE, or uh, it, it just seemed like there were so many times in the past where it would have worked to Roman's benefit to turn heel then, and then he'd probably be a, a big baby face by now. Yeah. And then, well, that's the problem with wrestling is the timing is everything. And mm-hmm. when you miss out on big moments, either direction, when the, when, when the organic chemistry is there and everything crowd reaction is there, um, it, it hurts everything. It hurts the product. It hurts the talent. Um, but I will say with this, it, it, it's interesting because he, he left with the COVID stuff. He was always pegged in there as their number one baby face, essentially, regardless that you know, Vince and them, is he no longer their number one baby face? Obviously, he's not turning heel, but is he no longer have that that number one baby face protection? Um, because you know what I mean? Where they're mm-hmm, now right. you left us when we needed you. And even though he didn't, it, he did the, the but just kind of knowing how Vince can be, I don't know. Or is it no, he's just gonna be our top heel now, and eventually we're gonna make him a a big baby face again down the road. I don't know. Um We'll have to see, but I don't think they had either. They got they got more guys there now, but even bronze like turning. It's weird. It's a weird time. I don't know. Yeah, but like merchandise stuff isn't really factored in right now as much because there's no live events and, and crowds, and so I don't know. We got to see how it goes. I commend them for doing it because it's different. Yeah, and at the end of the day, and that's my whole thing. You, you need surprises in wrestling because it, it's. It's storytelling, you, and you need shocking turns, but you also need to do it. People don't need to be flip-flopping all the time either. You need to, but this is a good one, though, where Roman was an established babyface for a long period of time. He was healed when he started out, so enough time had gone by. So, you know, I, I think it's a good move. Yeah. Um, also, it came out that Brock Lesnar is now a free agent. Yeah. Now, this was actually... It's it's kind of old news in the sense that Lesnar's contract actually expired at WrestleMania, and it was reported last year at WrestleMania that he had signed for another year that expires at the next WrestleMania. It's basically been the cycle that WWE and Lesnar have been on, where he keeps every time he resigns, it's through WrestleMania. But what happened this time is his merchandise was pulled. Um, unexpectedly, or fans noticed it like last week, and what happened was. With his deal expiring, he still had a few months on his merchandising deal where they would push his merch. Yep. And then once that expired, they they stopped promoting it. So um, th- so that's what happened. So right now, Brock Lesnar is technically a free agent. Uh, he's been many times in the past. Yeah. He's flirted with signing with the UFC. Dana White has said that he is open to booking Brock versus John Jones in the UFC if Brock is up for it. But Brock, he's not in the USADA testing pool. So even if he wanted to do it, it would be... <laughs> It would be this year. Yeah. Um, Tony Khan, uh, we had asked Tony Khan on a media call about Brock and, and if he was, if AEW, if they think he would be a good fit for their company. Uh, Tony Khan praised Lesnar. He said he's a great fighter and a great wrestler. I don't think people talk enough about how 
a great of a worker Brock Lesnar is, and he's one of the great working big men I've ever seen. One of the great athletes in the wrestling business. I have so much respect for him, but I can't comment on that. So Lesnar's a free agent. I think if you're a betting man, uh, he's probably going to be back in WWE as soon as they start letting fans back. Yeah, and I, I think he's gonna. He's always been great at um, giving himself options and exploring what's out there. You know, you'd have to think. And again, and he's he's getting older, but he's still in great shape and and still a, a great athlete and fighter. I'd imagine that, and he would need time to get ready for that fight, anyways, with a guy like John Jones. The amount of money that uh, he could make for that, I would have to think would would have to interest him a little bit, uh, because those opportunities they're not going to last forever, and this could be the final one, where it's you know a huge, huge. I'm talking monster, and that that could potentially be the number one fight of all time the UFC does. If they, yeah. they would market that, that John Jones versus Brock Lesnar and that people, regardless of, of what you think are going to tune into that to see, especially if they can make that. And then it, when crowds are back, get people talking about that eight, nine months in advance, a year in advance, you know, ugh, that's, that's I well into the eight figures. Yeah. Uh, that, Lesnar would make for one fight and to get squashed. Go there, even if he gets beat, it's not going to hurt anything. You're talking about elite level fighters. You can lo- you lose right. to another elite level fighter. It's not, you know, and he, he has that mentality of where he just he says screw it, he goes for it. And I've always I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. At the same time, though, he is getting older and things, and you know you can get paid to not go do that a, a lot. So he's probably just taking a break. He's seeing what's out there. If he knows he has this offer and he gets that as close as possible, Vince, ah, I don't want you to do that, and gives him even more money. Come back. You know what I mean? It's uh, right. He will play each side to the fullest, and uh, and he will make it seem like, well, he's going to go that route, and then Vince will bite, and he's always gotten them for as much as humanly possible, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because last time Brock fought in the UFC, he was under WWE contract. Yeah. When he fought Mark yeah. Hunt at UFC, he managed to find a way to not only be getting paid his WWE contract, but also do, do UFC. And uh, and the visual that fans saw was Brock destroying Mark Hunt, even though that was later changed to a no contest. Uh, the fans watching that night thought Lesnar won. Uh, I mean... It's kind of an intriguing fight when you think about it, because Jones is small, a lot smaller than Brock. And then also Jones hasn't looked as dominant in his last few fights as he has in the past. So it's it'd be interesting. Yeah. John, I know wanted he John's a big guy, though. I mean, he, he's yeah. size wise is is and he could pack on more weight pretty easily. A lot of those fighters when they that was one of the, the, the discussions that the, the other guys and his weight class thought he was maybe losing a step, and which is why he was wanting to go to heavyweight. I don't know if that's the case, but I mean, John Jones at heavyweight is is it's it's that's an exciting thing to watch. And when you when you're coming down to that with with fighting like that, he's he's a big guy regardless. So that just that's an intriguing matchup with a wrestler like Brock. If Rock if Brock can get in there and, and control him. Or, you know, if John, it comes down to the striking, is an elite level striker. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very fun matchup to watch, regardless of what way you think it's going to go. It's whenever you get two big heavyweights in there that can go, it's just the excitement level is, it, it draws. 
And that's what that would draw, even though Brock hasn't been fighting, he gets himself ready, give him some time, and uh, like I said, people will tune into that. And the, the payday yeah. will that will, will be a, a once in a lifetime payday because you're you're potentially really realistically talking, and it's tough. I know Connor's fights, Connor draws. I mean, and that fight could, but just John Jones versus Brock Lesnar is, yeah. And I've even heard DC I, I, I versus Brock any, any again. Plans yeah, but I think that's the fight, Brock and and, and Jones, that uh, he's at least going to play up. Yeah, I think, and, and you're going to see him. I think getting offers from AEW, WWE every week. It's where where's Brock going to go? And then he just he's back in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is kind of the the cycle we're on with Brock and WWE. But that that would be a massive payday and. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But I agree with you. Whenever the next Saudi event, or if it's if there's not one before WrestleMania, I'm sure we'll see Brock by then. Yeah. Um, Mauro Ronaldo left WWE. Uh, he had left for a couple events. Um, he had a family emergency that he tended to, and then I guess decided that he didn't want to return to the company. So we had noted before that Wade Barrett uh, had been filling in. He's returning commentary again this week, and uh, apparently he's either signed a new contract or is working on negotiating a new contract with WWE to, to be a commentator. Yeah, no, I've seen, uh, some of his tweets and, uh, he's, uh, and I know he, when I messaged him after the first one, I know he was mentioning they were going to talk more. It wasn't, he hadn't signed anything at the time and it, it very well may be, uh, right now, just a week by week trial just to see how, you know, feel each other out. But uh, he seems going by his tweets and uh, he seems to uh, I don't think it's going to be in a wrestling role. I, I think if it's just a strictly a commentating role and he's just dealing with NXT and Hunter, um, I think he's very open to that and not being a part of that main roster and that chaos <laughs> up there and living on the road and like where it's just once a week and go down to, to Florida and NXT that probably make more money than ever. That's it's a hard offer not to say yes to. Um, yeah. And I, I think he, I, I like him more than tomorrow. I really do. And I like tomorrow a, a lot. I always, but I just, there's something about, I think Wade's always just been ever since I, when I was down in a Florida championship wrestling and he got put on commentating uh, commentary down there, he took it. I think it, it, I've always known he could speak. I've always talked to him. But just something I, I think with his voice, his presentation, he understands how to put people over. He understands how to work in character. And I think he's and he's been out of the game for a bit, even that product and, and keeping up with it. I think every week he's just going to get better and better. So and like I find myself watching NXT the last couple weeks because my friend is doing commentating on it. And I and I enjoy hearing him on there. And I'm but I, it, and that's someone I never watched the product before. So. It's, I, I think he, he brings value to it. Yeah. Um, Ray Mysterio, uh, was pulled from wrestling on, on raw, uh, the other week. Um, apparently he is legitimately injured. It wasn't a storyline, uh, a storyline injury. So he suffered a torn triceps during his win with son Dominic over Seth Rollins and Murphy at the payback pay-per-view. Uh, but it, they're calling it a triceps tear, but it doesn't look like it, it, it's a full tear. So he will not require surgery. So he should only be out uh, for two months, maybe less. 
dodged a bullet with that one. Those triceps injuries are, which I think edge, right? Just right. It was, and I know, I remember Trent Beretta did that years ago and was out for a significant period of time. And those are a tough one to over, to come back from on a, for pretty quickly. So hopefully they just make sure, um, give him the proper time. I wouldn't be shocked if he shoots down if he can or back home, gets more stem cells. That's like the perfect situation to uh, help with healing on that, on, on partial tears where yeah. something's not fully torn. And, uh, and he's, he's very familiar with the stem cells. So um, dodged a bullet with that and, and glad to hear because those things are, he, he's, it, it benefits them having him on TV and especially with his son, it gives them some options. I think down the road storyline wise, having both of them there. Yeah. Uh, also WWE, uh, this past week, they split up the iconics, uh, who had been together pretty much their entire main roster run. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with Billy Kay leaving the company or anything like that. It's just apparently that WWE wants to push Peyton Royce and they see big things for Peyton Royce. So yeah. So Peyton Royce apparently will be getting a big singles push. Billy Kay, is she leaving the company though or no? No, she's not. Okay. No, that that's interesting. That's a. Uh, I always find that fascinating when that stuff comes out, and like you, you, why it comes out or how it, it's. It's always. Uh, I, I've never understood that, but it always. I, I put myself like in the, in Billy Kay's shoes. Like that, that has to like suck when you see that because if it if right. it is accurate or if you if it's not, you're like, well, what's going on? Um, I like those two together. I think. I they haven't been around forever. Yeah, it's early, so they could always get back together if it doesn't pan out um, with that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If Vince, they always he gets in a mood and he wants to someone to go on their own for a bit. But we've seen time and time again he does lose interest quickly, also in things, or forgets that he wanted that, and then they're back together right. randomly. So, which that's it, not even an exaggeration. Like it, it's a thing. no. I'm I'm trying right. to think of the last time they successfully split a tag team, and when one of when one of them went on to Sean success, they used to do it all the time. Sean Brett. <laughs> that's that's it. This is like one for a thousand on it. <laughs> exactly. It's not a good track record. Just keep them together. It's not worth taking the chance. <laughs> it's never. It yeah, never no, pans exactly. out. Just keep tag teams together forever. Uh, yeah. or they have to be together for like 20 days. years, like if for it to be significant, <laughs> like it's always early. They do. It's like the, 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 yeah. the dicks, they turned one of the dicks against the other dick and, but nobody cared about the dicks. Right. <laughs> it's always, yeah. or like the, it's always so early. Like they're not invested in them enough as where you need like a 10, 15, 20 year career to do that. Like for yeah. one of the Usos turns on one of the Usos and they, after all this, it's more meaningful. Because they have right. such a rich his history together, you know. But if they would have done that the first couple of years they were together, nobody would have cared. But right, we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes for sure. Um, the, so actually, we'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, so COVID, obviously, we're in the COVID area. Era, it's still affecting everything. Yeah. Uh, vaccines are, you know rapidly being developed i mean there's predictions that there will be one out in the u.s as soon as november uh but we'll see the rock announced uh, this past week that he and his family uh not his oldest daughter simone who's in nxt but the rest of his family his wife and his two daughters tested positive for covid19 he posted an 11 11 minute video on instagram and uh talked about how how rough it was uh he said that 
It was one of the hardest things he had to deal with in his life. Uh, they're no longer contagious, but it was a, a rough go. And it, he said they caught it from some very close family friends who they love and trust. They did not know they had COVID when they went over to the Rock's house. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, a, a rough go. And this was everywhere, um, all over the media, whether yeah. it's even left wing, right wing, whether it's the Huffington Post or the Drudge Report, everything, everyone was covering. Uh, everyone was covering this. This is big news. So The Rock uh, is now OK. Kevin Nash replied to him and noted that he also had COVID. Uh, he and his wife, yep. and they've recovered, but they haven't gotten their sense of taste back. AJ Styles also said that he had COVID. He was pulled from uh, WWE for a few weeks, but he said he never really got any symptoms. He tested positive uh, and only had a few symptoms. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this has been hitting pro wrestling. Hasn't really hit AEW that much, but uh, the rest of the wrestling world. Yeah, no, it's going around as far as people getting it. Everyone's experience is different, you know, and I having talked to Rusev about it and he was, you know, fine. It wasn't yeah. like he when it was and uh but then like seeing his Lana's family grandparents like had a rough go with it. I'm curious. I, I don't know the details of uh the rock situation with it, uh, but it seems like if he's saying that that it, it wasn't that it maybe hit them they experienced it a little harder uh, than than people like someone like AJ Styles who again didn't experience the symptoms. I I shot Kevin Nash a message when I saw that and just he said he's negative now. The family's negative and they're doing well. So oh, nice. I don't uh, but I don't know how how rough it was for them either. And, but Kevin I know was talking about because Kevin's like me. He likes he loves to train like we're just like meatheads and that like working out no matter what and uh, and he. It said, I know publicly it said he like he didn't want to train for four days, and like that's like me. If there's something that takes me off my feet where I don't want to train for four days, it's pretty serious. And that like, because I'll train through ridiculous situations, and so it just goes to say it is real. We all know it's real. It's it's right. it's just it's interesting how it can hit everybody differently, you know. But it has to be scary, you know. Someone like The Rock when your whole your family gets it, and if you're right. getting severe symptoms, that has to be uneasy. Yeah. And he did say his two daughters, they didn't have any symptoms. It was just him okay. and his wife that, that were really sick. Yeah. So that's, it's scary because you see there are people, and again, but you look at the numbers and see usually healthy people have a very strong chance of, of overcoming it, but kind of what the media put out, it is still, you, I would imagine, scary getting it because you yeah. don't know, are you going to be one of those very few statistics where it goes the other way? So I'm glad everyone's recovered, though. And it's, again, I think it's important. It is real. Nobody's. It's very real. It's just. Yeah. Uh, I think the it's longer the, there's not a vaccine, you're going to see more people talking about getting it. It's one of those. It's a, it's it's inevitable that the majority of people are going to get it if there's no vaccine at some point or time. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're seeing now after six months down the road. But yeah. it, a happy ending, luckily, with everyone. And there's no because that I mean, that would. We haven't seen that really anybody uh, of of fame, right? Actually, go the other way, or I know there was a couple. Yeah, not not go the other way, right? Yeah, yeah I can't think of there. There have been some minor celebrities, I guess. I, one, oh, God, older, he was like right? a there's like a theater actor, Herman Cain, who was running for president. He was older, but uh, there's some theater actor who was younger who who died from yeah. it, but. 
for the most part, yeah, we haven't heard of any. Yeah, and I think uh, too, like I know too, like here in Vegas, people are it, like the gyms are way busier now. Like where it's yeah. people are just, I think, going out a lot more now. Like the fear has died down, in my opinion. So when that happens, it, it's just inevitable that more people will get it. If there's more, like I, the gyms are five times as busy as they were. Like, and I go yeah. in the afternoon when it's usually pretty slow. And I mean, there's every gym I go to, I'll go, man, people are, are coming out more. So I, st- I just started going again yeah. and doing cardio with a mask on just sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I can't, oh, here, well, though, they let you keep it off when you're working out. Oh, really? Yeah. In and between. I, here, you have to wear it the whole time. Yeah. And I've, I've, there's no way I would be able to do my intense cardio with a mask on. Like, I do that. I put, like, if you're doing the Stairmaster, you're allowed to keep it off, but you got to put it back on if you, wherever you walk or, and they got the machines, every other machine is shut down. So there's right. distance between and all the other machines in the gym. But I put that mask on after doing like burpees or the Stairmaster, and I got to give myself a minute because I pushed myself to the mat. You don't, you can't get as much oxygen in with that. So right. there would be no heavy conditioning with those masks on for me. I'd have to do those at home unless it's like the <laughs> elliptical. That it does suck for sure. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, Renee Young, who had uh, tested positive for COVID uh, earlier this summer, uh, she was speaking to the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, and she talked about how uh, she went public on Twitter when she had tested positive. Uh, WWE officials did contact her after she you know, posted her tweet, and they, they didn't say she was in trouble or she shouldn't have posted it, but they did say it was bad PR and, and kind of, they wish that she wouldn't have done it. Um, she did admit that she felt slighted that WWE never contacted her uh, after she got it. Uh, just checking in on her. He, she said, look, uh, did I feel a little slighted? I didn't really feel like anyone was all that concerned that I got sick. That bothered me for sure. So yeah, kind of surprising someone that had been there for, for so long and, and no one reaching out to her from the company. That's the norm, though. That's that's what everybody it, – it's and people hear that, and I feel like Renee will get backlash from some people, the, the angry fans that want to – and the rest will understand. There's no worse feeling than giving your heart and soul to a company and not even getting a like, – it, it's just odd. And I learned that really early on and through multiple things with my injury, ankle injury and seeing and even going through all this. And it, it's just like, at the end of the day, nobody gives a damn. It's a business. Everybody there is just there to fuel the business at the end of the day. And it's it's just the way that it is. Unless you have a personal relationship outside of the place, which you've heard that with Hunter and Vince, some of them. But even Vin, Vince is... The people that have been there the longest, he gets rid of them and hires somebody that he could pay less. It, it, it's happened. I'll never forget when Mark Eaton got released. Everybody was just like floored because he'd been there and so loyal and did such a great job. And then they replaced him with a guy that they probably paid one-tenth of what they were paying. And it was it was just, you're kind of like, ah, man. It, it I understand Renee's frustration with that. And I know she'd even mentioned some other things. And I'm hoping to get her on here in September. But where they were like, where she wasn't allowed to tweet about Ambrose or Moxley and like that stuff they do, it's very weird, petty things. And where you're like, wait a second, like this is like, you're going to tell me what to do in my real life too now. And it, yeah. what, once you just realize what the place is, it, it, it makes it a, a pretty easy decision to get away from it because you're dealing mm-hmm. with people that love wrestling and that have loved WWE 
And then you go there and you have this experience and she's so well liked. And so, and she even worded that in such a beautiful way of where it's not it, it, classic Renee of being able to word things. Like I would have been like, fuck them. <laughs> I'm a little more blunt and fuck them. Fuck everybody. I'm out of here. <laughs> fuck you. Like Renee's, you know, hey, she's, she's a little more uh, eloquent with uh, her words. Uh, with right. all of that, so which makes it why everyone loves Renee. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I get it though, and I think she's going to be really happy with her decision, and I think she's going to see um, that there's going to be some, there, so many more opportunities outside of that bubble. Right. Um, now with COVID, obviously live events haven't happened since March. Um, it keeps being talk of uh, of you know, uh, fans returning now, AEW has been starting to do 10%. They're looking to up that to 12% at 15% soon. Uh, WWE, um, it was noted that they might get rid of live events permanently or, or scale it way back mm -hmm. and just do, you know, raw SmackDown NXT tapings, but, uh, really cut down on live events. Live events have been hurting the company's bottom line. They haven't been profitable in a while. They've been losing more than they've, they've made on them. So, but, but, you know, as you know, more than anyone, that's been the bread and butter of the company for so long. I find this really exactly. interesting. And I think this is the, Especially for me as a wrestler, and this is what we talked about before with AEW coming into the picture, and they're kind of changing the game, and they're forcing WWE to adjust, um, and what's going to happen is, is wrestlers are going to get treated better, and it's um, they could spin it any which way. They, they still make find a way with merchandise, and they, I don't know if it's a way for them. They have to do this to keep talent from not going to AEW eventually. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think though, whatever the reasoning behind it, whether COVID and, and I don't care. I think it's a great move for wrestlers. And now it'll be interesting to see if WWE tries to start offering lower contracts based off the, they, that's something they shouldn't contracts should go up. WWE has been stealing money from the performers for far too long. What's happening now is with, and like when I was there and before, it was a promoter's market. It's now shifting over to a wrestler's market. And like talking to Wade, there's more money being offered than ever now. And I say and it, that's still not what it should be. It, it's these. It's the the numbers have been so off so long. And WWE once they bought WCW out, had such control over everybody. Where they're now they're losing control, and it is a beautiful thing because they don't need that much control. And it's, it's becoming a wrestler-friendly market. Um, and what's going to happen, because all these guys, you look, the schedule has been the reason, and Vince's schedule has killed more people in wrestling than anything. And we've seen that. All the people, the, the legends and the people that work there for a significant period of time, and they leave, that, that Vince schedule of living on the road destroys human lives. Even the guys that are there, it just it takes your soul because you can't. You're literally. And before it, you know, and I've heard guys like too. In my time there, a lot of it was five days a week, four if we were lucky. Can you imagine what that takes to perform at an elite level five nights a week, every single week, and and train hurt? And I wrestled with broken, cracked ribs, and just constantly something. You're just in pain. 
That's what I tell people. My, I'm so happy not to be in pain anymore. My entire run there, you're hurt the entire time. And if you happen to wake up and feel good for a day, you'll be hurt by the end of the night. It's where now you actually have a chance to recover. You don't need to be wrestling five days a week. You never did. Guys never needed to be wrestling 12 days on the road and going home for th- two or three days. That was a yeah. nice thing to make as much money as possible and screw everybody else. Which That's why when- I think his legacy is going to really... I don't know who's responsible for changing this, if it's Hunter, but it's it's about time. Like, this has been a long time coming. Wrestling in general has taken advantage of wrestlers for far too long. You look at every other industry, every other sport, there's an off-season, there's time off. Why in the hell is it okay to take these guys and just whore them out and destroy their lives? Now, again, wrestlers just, that's what we do. You just do it. That's wrestling. That's what we sign up for, right? It needs to change, though. It needs to be better and everybody wins and guys will have longer careers and you'll see their lives will be improved after they're done wrestling as well. And, and I think it's a yeah. win for everybody. At the end of the day, when you, I'm glad they're making the, the move, if that is the case. Yeah. When you were there, um, how much of an, uh, how much, what percentage of your check would you say on, on in a given year was from live events on, on a good, on a good year when, when they were pushing you on top or in, in, in a bad year when they were kind of bringing you down? No. So what happens is, is it, it, it all depends on your downside. Yeah. And they, this is why Hunter and Vince, they want to get you on the lowest downside possible. And then they have control of how they want to use you. So even if they like this, we're going to see this, I'm going to give you an example. They're going to bring in Keith Lee and put Keith Lee in main events probably for a bit. Keith Lee is not going to make what other main eventers make. He's going to make more money than he's ever made. Yes. But he's not going to make true main event money. That's a great... They learned this a long time ago that they could kind of just plug new guys into the main events and do it for a while. And they're actually profiting more because they're paying out less for those spots. And they've done this, and it, it, they have a business strategy, Vince, to keep everything the way that they do. They're, he's not dumb. Like, there's a reason for everything on it with them. As far as the payouts, and like, like, so when I was being used on top, specifically those first couple of years, I was making way more than my downside. And those live events were really, like, my weekly checks were fantastic because I was getting, I was getting these huge paydays on, on the live events way past my downside when i was out of that role and being used mid card upper mid card even in rybaxel period it was really uh, that was a worse period they will pay you the live events based on your downside so you're just making your weekly whatever it is every week you, no matter what you do you're just they just pay you your downside and your checks are just your checks so if you're on a $500,000 downside your weekly checks reflect that like that's you're not going past that. Whereas when you're used in the main event role, you're all of a sudden you're getting these checks rather than getting a five thousand or six thousand dollar check a week, you're getting twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a week because they're paying you way past because of that in that role that you're playing. So it, it just depends. Like my thing is, you want to get a high downside. That's where live events because then. If you're on a million dollar downside, they pay out those four or five matches you're working every week to match up with that downside. And then whatever you do on pay-per-views and action figures, you go past it with that. But they match your downside to the live events or your live events match up to your downside. So unless you're being used in like a Keith Lee, if you get plugged in for six months in a main event role, you'll make more and it's great, 
but you're really not making what a main eventer would make. And though you might, I might be getting a check for 30,000, but back those were $150,000 checks before. Does that make sense? Like, you know what I mean? They've, they've, WWE has mastered that system of taking the guys and kind of, it is what it is. It's a business. So that's why wrestlers, it's important to get a downside as high as humanly possible. And every wrestler too, and this is something you should tell them, pull up my numbers. I want to see specifically what my brand has made you. Every wrestler negotiating should do this with them. Vince, I would like you to pull up my six years with the company. Um, and, and I would like to see what my brand is bringing in per year or on average. And then you might, you'll see a number. They have to give you these numbers. And if you see that you're making, your brand is making them, you say you're making them $15 million a year. I'm just right throwing out a number through all the different things. And they're paying you $250,000. You're getting fucked royally. You yeah. need to, and that, but people, this is up to wrestlers and up to us to, to demand this information and not let these promoters, which is why Vince and them never want attorneys being brought into it. They don't like people negotiating deals because they'll see the screwed up percentages and people, if they know, they will ask for these numbers and it'll hold them accountable to actually show the talent and they'll see how screwed the, the, everybody's been getting from the beginning of time outside of the few guys that are able to negotiate better deals. But even the guys that negotiate better deals are truly, I'm telling you, probably don't realize how much they're actually bringing them in. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a good move, though, uh, regardless. Yeah. The, 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 there's those live events, and it's fun. You know, it's fun. To, I always had my most fun on the live events, but you just can't be on the road, man. It's just not an ideal. It's not ideal for anything yeah. other than for Vince's bank like account. he did a loop once a month or something, you know, just to – yeah. Or in yeah, one live you know. event a week, just right. something like that, and then a TV. That's not uh, that's not unreasonable, especially. But right. in, in pay should go up, and it, it's because like Vince is sitting on billions. It's <laughs> I'm telling you now, and again, yeah. I respect the work ethic and the drive, but it's up to wrestlers and to know to get what you're worth and to know and not to just sign whatever they give you. But they've done, like I've said, they've they've had control for so long. Where you. It, I'm telling you, they're like sign the contract right now. You're like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What yeah. are you What are you supposed to do? You've worked your whole life for that. You're not going to throw that away. So whereas now there's some options, and it's where right. they can't just say, well, because they don't want you going over there. So yeah. I think it, it, it's a wrestler's market at the end of the day, and I love it. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, finally, the ratings this past week. Uh, Raw did one point basically 1.9 million viewers on the USA network down a little down 7% from last week, which did over two, uh, but still one of the better numbers it's done in a while, six best over all viewership since WrestleMania. So the Thunderdome does seem like it is helping. Um, we'll, we'll see if it sustains, but, uh, but they were dropping to the 1.5. They're date getting dangerously close to the close to the 1.4 million level. And now they're at the 1.92. too. So uh, we'll see where it goes. The NFL is starting back next week. Uh, the following week will be the first Monday night where WWE has to face NFL competition this year. Um, so, but overall, uh, a decent number for where they're at. Uh, uh, so the Thunderdome has helped a little bit. It's bottom time of stopping it. Stop that downward trend, at least yeah. from what we were seeing. And I'm curious to see if they're going to, you know, with AEW and allowing fans in and seeing AEW and with that, that even the 10 or 12% percent capacity and seeing, I know Jericho mentioned in an interview with Busted Open, 
it was one of the greatest moments he said having fans back even at that yeah and that just goes to show that that a testament to these guys for going out there and being able to perform in front of empty arenas for the the amount of time that they did and i'm telling you pro wrestlers are the most extraordinary talents in the world at the end of the day at, at being able to adjust uh under any circumstances because that is not yeah. easy and now getting energy back into the buildings, I'm I'm so happy for all of them that they get to because that's pro wrestling to me is is having a crowd there. That if WWE is going to, how long they're going to stick with this? If they're allowed to start letting some fans back in, I would be because I really do think you need real people there too. I would think yeah. that at the end of the day you want to get to that as quickly as possible. Which I what I was telling you, I think AEW is going to gain the advantage this, the more people they keep getting in there. Because they're getting that real feedback, and that real feedback trumps pumped, piped in noise all day long. Even though piped in noise beats no crowd, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and they're kind of going two different directions with the companies here. That if WWE is going to eventually, like, let's try to figure out a mix of both. I don't know, um, but it will be interesting to see once Monday Night Football because that always take wrestling always takes a hit with that always. Yeah, it's like ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, so it's, that it's they, a, a substantial hit. If they start flirting with new record lows again, even with Thunderdome, I think they're going to have to look at maybe getting real people in there if they can. I don't know. We'll have to see if yeah. they can hold on. They may just hold on. We're hearing, like we said, the vaccine in November. You know, they they just got to hold on for a couple months. So. Yeah, and with the vaccine, I mean, it's going to take time before yeah. it's widely available. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was starting to let fans back a little bit. You know, we're, we're seeing that with football. The Chiefs and uh, a few other teams, the Cowboys, they're determined to have fans back. And if we see them doing it safely and, and people not getting affected going to these games, uh, it seems like it could be happening sooner than later. But we'll yeah. see. It's just it, it's a trial and error, and it's just adjusting on the fly. I think we all could agree, though, none of this without fans, all this stuff is it, it's a lot more difficult to watch. And it all comes down to – it's energy at the end of the day. You need that energy in the arenas uh, for the talent to be able to react off of. And, and for sports, it just makes the environment um, more more user-friendly to watch, just more enjoyable experience. So, like I said, yeah. AEW, I, 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 it was nice being able to see. I felt good. Like I remember seeing Moxley come out. And just seeing, like, yeah, I could see he was, I could just see it in his face, like, that there was some life in the building. He's not walking through the arena to an empty crowd, even though you got the yeah. cameras there. And it, that, it, for a performer, even when you got cameras on, that helps. But to have real people there, it's, uh, what a crazy period we're going to look back on and be like, whoa, this is hopefully once right. in a lifetime and never again, so. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, too, I know NXT, you know, moving to with it, moving to Tuesdays possibly. Has that been a thing? Yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, so I was just about to get oh, to that. Uh, so with the ratings, NXT was on an off night. They were on a Tuesday night this past week. They they hyped a Super Tuesday, a big uh, Iron Man match four away uh, for the vacant NXT Championship. And it did 849,000 viewers, mm -hmm. uh, which was up 3% from last week's 824,000 viewers. And yes, they did hype a big match. But this was the second best NXT viewership of 2020 on an off night. I would consider this number what what would be expected on their normal night on a Wednesday. But doing it on a Tuesday, which is not their normal night, um, was very impressive. They did a 0.26 in the key demo, uh, which was the best of this year. So uh, 
a good number for NXT. AEW returned to its normal night, and they did 928,000 viewers. Now, this was also um, one of their best numbers of the year. It was the best viewership since March, uh, the March 18th episode. Um, I found the AEW number to be a little disappointing. I thought they were going to break a million. They had tough competition from the NBA, but the NBA... Uh, NXT the night before had the NBA and the NHL. Those two combined did more than the big NBA game that Dynamite was up against. And also where Dynamite hurt was females. And uh, their female ratings were actually down from a few weeks ago when they were on Wednesday night against NXT. So, And that you wouldn't attribute to the NBA. So I thought they were going to crack a million. I still think they're going to do it uh, this following week with the all-out, the fallout from all out. That's kind of hard to say. And uh, no NXT competition again uh, this week. Yeah, I like um, I like having, and even though there's wrestling on just so many days of the week, I like them not going head-to-head either. Like NXT on Tuesday, and because I think it allows more fans to just enjoy the different wrestling also. Um, but I do like to, I do like the head-to-head because I think that does challenge companies to put out their best product every week um with that it's uh aew i think it's again being new it's a win for them regardless this is is is, i i know wanting over a million and thinking but it's they have to be happy with that and it's just i would like ideally head to head and have both companies doing over a million views every week getting more of that raw and smacked out audience watching on, on those days as well. Um, which I think will eventually happen. It's uh, but I think too, it, it's numbers wise, having the shows on a different night, it gives you like kind of true numbers every weekend. You can kind of see the shows, what's raw doing, what's NXT doing, what's AEW doing, what's, what's SmackDown doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll be curious to see if, if NXT, you know, if they do, I like Jericho saying they're retreating, going uh, to Tuesday. I, I love Jericho's commentary on everything. It, he yeah, just stirs shit up just to up. do it because it, it, <laughs> it gets the fucking marks all riled up. <laughs> well, that is the thing. There has been talk. Like, So we've seen NXT the last few weeks. They've been unopposed. They're doing their best numbers of the year. Uh, Dynamite also, uh, they're up more than usual um but but they've been on off night so this past wednesday was the first time they've been in their normal time slot uh did over nine hundred thousand viewers and uh so there had been talk about wwe moving nxt to a different night now apparently uh those talks have come up in meetings with usa and wwe and they've decided not to i think it's more important for them to stunt aew's growth and um not let them they don't want AEW's ratings to start, yep. you know, um, being similar in any way to Raw or SmackDown. Yep. So it's more important to them to hurt AEW than to get a better number for NXT, which is not a priority for them anyway. Yeah, no, it makes sense because that, that was the whole point uh, of the move initially with putting them on that night. And it's business. That's because, too, when AEW, the more people that get exposed to that product, and the more people that see in the wrestlers and as more people go there, I'm telling you, it's just, it's a gradual shift we're seeing happening where they're getting, they're going to keep getting more and more attention. There are stars that are on TV every week of getting, being on TV. They get a little more power, a little more because they get that TV time and it takes time. The people they got there now that none of us knew 
who they were essentially from a TV standpoint now have TV time and, and now are, are building an audience, the, building their brands. You know, it's WWE does not want that to rapidly happen. And so I think that that's, it's smart for them to do that. And I understand why they're doing it. And again, too, when you put up products head to head, it's going to bring out the best in both products. Those numbers, it's going to definitely, AEW, we've already seen, like, they would probably consistently, if it was just them every Wednesday night, I would say they would probably consistently eventually start getting over a million every week. Yeah. I think we it'd be safe to say. And in WWE, definitely, you know, if Raw is getting a 1.4, 1.5 in NXT, I mean, AEW is coming in at 1.1, 1.2, maybe 1.3. That's to them, then it's just the perception that that product is equal from a TV standpoint. And they, they don't want that to be the case right now. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper. AEW, they're paying $45 million a year for it, whereas Raw or SmackDown is yep. close to two fifty. So, yeah. Which is um, going to hurt them eventually in the renegotiating and with their TV deals. And Yeah. I don't, it's an so, uh, interesting time. It is. And as you mentioned, Chris Jericho uh, talked about possible NXT moving to another night. And Jericho flat out, he's, I'll read the whole quote. He said, they should retreat. They should move to another night. Get away from us. You guys got a great program and it's good. Why would you want to sacrifice your own ratings just to be spice, fight, uh, spiteful and petty to go head to head with AEW? We're not going anywhere and put on anything you want. We'll continue to beat you. It is a retreat, but it's also the right move from a business standpoint. Get your head out of your rear end and just worry about your product the same way we worried about ours. If they move to Tuesday, smart move. That way you guys can get your 850,000, 900,000, whatever. Get 10 million viewers. Congratulations. Let us do our thing and we'll get over a million. I think it's a smart move business-wise on theirs. They lost. There's nothing wrong with conceding defeat, moving to a different night and worrying about your show and not worrying about going head to head with AEW because you can't stop us. Can't put it much better than that. Nope. And I like it because what Jericho does, too, is get, he brings AEW a lot of attention because when he makes comments like that, everyone picks up on it. And he's OK. He's he's like me. He can handle the heat all day long. He don't give a shit. He's already mm-hmm. he's and he, he knows what he's putting on out there and where he's at in his career. And he's his job going there was to raise the bar for AEW, and he's continuing to do so. He gets them a lot of attention, more so than anybody there. Moxley's not active on social media nearly. You know what I mean? And he's great. Right. He's very important for that roster. But Jericho, is he's a guy that's going to get picked up, and he's very active on social media. He has, he's very, he has his finger on the pulse. And when he makes comments towards WWE, he makes the rivalry more important because he's at that level and with WWE and he's that guy. It's with the history and he's the only wrestling guys with The Rock and Austin and and all the guys, the the Benoit Edge. He has that like he has all of that with him of of that not any of today's talent have. It just it makes it more important. And he's yeah. good. He's good at doing it, and he knows. Like, but he's he's one hundred percent right. Business wise, it's best for everybody to be on separate nights because everyone's gonna the better ratings every company gets, the more money eventually. Like, it, it's better for everybody. Right. And, and the more you want more people, and people becoming loyal to the brands, and they have their night. And if you want to watch NXT, you watch NXT on Tuesdays. And you know, if you still want to catch a little AEW, you can on Wednesday, and vice versa. I, I think it's a win win, but. It's also rubbing salt on the wound. It's a good, it's right. good. 
And there is that thing about being head to head. If you you remember back with the Monday Night Wars, almost as big as the Austin or the NWO was uh, Ron's Nitro going head to head. And, you know, no one cared about Thunder versus Heat, you know, which were on different nights. It was yeah. Ron Nitro. And that just made it that just took it to another level. So. It, yeah. Fans get into it more because it, and it's covered every week. The, the ratings war, the ratings. Right. War. Is there really a we ratings get, war? We get, we'll get like a thousand comments on the ratings article. Yeah. <laughs> just, these aren't rating wars. People be angry that you're even talking about ratings <laughs> wars but that's what that's the whole thing right AEW the more attention they get with people doing it keeps elevating them and Jericho is a master at that and he's getting awesome. them more attention than anybody else there's getting them so yeah which it, it's uh, well it, yeah yeah it, it, it's it's fun stuff I think it's uh, uh I think Jericho does it well when when wrestlers say oh we they do their thing we do ours it's not as interesting but Jericho knows how to take it to another level <laughs> he, he can do it and then he could also say fuck you guys it, it's <laughs> that's pro wrestling though that's yeah. what more guys I like it man I, I think it's yeah I, I think it's a good a good thing yeah well, that about does it here. That was, uh, again, we packed in a lot in that, uh, in that hour. No, thank you as always, Raj. Anything to plug to wrap up this week? Uh, just WrestlingInc.com. I mean, just we have hundreds of articles a week. We got tons of exclusive interviews this week. We had Brody Lee, uh, Renee Michelle, Rob Van Dam, David Arquette, uh, Matt Cardona. And then next week we got Nick Aldis, um, uh, uh, Kurt Angle, uh, a bunch of other big names. So keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And this week, I got Ace Romero on the Ryback Show. And guys, you got all week here. We're making this podcast back available on all podcast platforms. All video for this and the Ryback Show, patreon.com backslash Ryback. There's still time to enter my Feed Me More Nutrition $2,500 cash giveaway. Raj, I don't know if you know this. I'm actually giving out, on top of $2,500, a signed authentic Intercontinental Championship uh, this week here for Feed Me More Nutrition on FeedMeMore.com. All you got to do to enter is use discount code HUNGRY2500, HUNGRY2500 at checkout on FeedMeMore.com. You get 20% off and you're automatically entered with your purchase for the $2,500 cash in the signed authentic Intercontinental Championship by yours. Am I eligible for this? I, need, I might need to try yeah, it. If you I'm, make I'm, a purchase, Raj, we use a random this. number generator. Anybody could win. 100% random. So with the purchase. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can check that out on feedmemore.com. And thank you guys very much as always for listening. You've just listened to another episode of the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Oh, come here! It's running wild! Give me a hell yeah! Ha <laughs> ha! Woo! Shoot it, Blake! Wrestling report!